Good morning. We are grateful that you are here this morning. If you've been with us on Wednesday nights, we've been uh, begun a study talking about our church family, about how church should maybe be just a little bit more for all of us. And it mentions in the book that uh, Sunday morning should be more, or Sunday should be more than just a, you know, have to get through just a, a few hours that we spend together, but a chance for us to have a, a family reunion, if you will, each first day of the week to come together. And we truly appreciate you being here, the visitors who are with us today. We're thankful that you have come our way. Uh, we certainly have a lot of things going on. It's that time of year where we've hit a busy season, and we've got lots of activities and lots of family things and lots of things to get done. Uh, but we are thankful that you have made the time today and will hopefully make the time uh, to be here every time that we're assembled together so that we can study together and have a period of study and encouragement, fellowship in that kind of way. But as we always emphasize, the other benefit is that we do have some fun fellowship. We do get to share in each other's lives. We get to laugh together and to have a good time. And, and we just appreciate all of those opportunities. Uh, Charles mentioned to me just a second ago, uh, just an, another note to add is that we are going to cancel the ladies devo for december there will be no ladies devo on tuesday night but then we'll pick it back up again in january so we just want to make mention of that and make sure everybody gets that note uh, it's hard most of the time uh, each week to always get information to everyone uh, maybe on what the sermon's going to be about that's not usually a big deal uh, to you you know it may not be something that you really necessarily worry or think about during the week but there are certain times that I want to cover something or think it'd be beneficial for us to cover something uh, that it may be interesting it may be difficult it may be a little bit hard uh, the next two weeks today included I'd like for us to talk about a, a couple of sensitive subjects the main one next week will be the idea of gender and the way that gender is discussed in our world today and if you know and keep up with the news and the world around us, it's something that we need to be aware of. It's something that we need to discuss. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't come or that your children shouldn't come or anything like that. But I do like to give a heads up as much as is possible when we're covering certain things because it does help. Now, you know me, hopefully by now, and I'm going to do my best to be appropriate. But we also want to be very apparent. You know that we want to be delicate. We don't want to say anything that we wouldn't say in front of anybody else or, or that's, again, inappropriate in that way. We want to be delicate, but we also want to be very direct. And we want to be clear as we discuss these things because it's something that is going on around us. And as Christians today, we are affected by things such as this idea of gender and what is gender and what God created and the people uh, around us and what they're thinking. Those are things that we need to talk about, but I do like to hopefully encourage you with a little bit of advance notice as much as is uh, possible. I've been blessed by several brothers this week. They're writing their articles, their sermons, and even going into next week. And when I hear those things, I usually make a note and think, you know, that's probably something we need to talk about here at Saudi. Uh, because there's no doubt that we are all affected, no matter the world that you're in, whether it's the, the public school system or our schools, whether it's uh, the workplace or just your family, or even as Faith and I were discussing just a moment on Friday morning as we were here uh, together at the building, our children, our children's friends, and everyone around us. We need to be aware of these kinds of things, and so uh, we're going to talk about that next week. Uh, today we're going to get into a subject, if you have your bulletin in front of you or your outline, you may have already seen the title of the lesson, 
You know, a couple of years ago, I made the statement that you would have to be living under a rock to not know something. And then I learned that Lance Ritchie lives under a rock and doesn't usually keep up with what's going on in the world. So I pick on him about that. But some of you may recall a couple of years ago on Super Bowl Sunday, I said, you got to have been living under a rock to not know that it's Super Bowl Sunday. And Lance says, I don't watch TV. I don't read the newspaper. I don't do anything. So I didn't know it was Super Bowl Sunday. So uh, you got to be careful sometimes when you say something like that. But along those lines, if you keep up with the news or watch television or follow along with politics, you probably had to have been living under a rock to not know that over the last few weeks, something that's been discussed a lot is what our country is doing and the discussion amongst our country about abortion. You know, it began December the 1st, a couple of, about a week and a half ago on Wednesday, as our Supreme Court of these United States heard arguments regarding the case Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. If you are familiar with the topic, it has to do, or this particular case, it has to do with the Mississippi law in particular that was enacted in 2018 uh, that prohibited abortion after 15 weeks. Now, this is sort of gaining traction in the news because it is a hot-button issue in our country, but also because it has ramifications as we think about that, that, that landmark ruling, which will be coming up on 50 years, I think, if not next year, the year after, of Roe versus Wade. And it may overturn, if they make certain decisions, some of those things. And, of course, the Roe versus Wade and, and some of the things that came out of that was this idea of fetal li- uh, viability, excuse me, fetal viability of when that happens and when that occurs. And so when abortions are okay by some people's ideas to take place and when they're not, then the number that's usually talked about is 24 weeks. Uh, but this, this law in Mississippi deals with 15 weeks. And so it's come up again, and the Supreme Court has heard some of these arguments. And you know what's interesting is we care. We care about what the politicians have to say sometimes. And, and that's okay because I would fully encourage you to be informed on what our politicians think. When we vote, we need to understand what they think and feel about some of these matters, some of these so-called moral issues. So that's okay, but we care about what our politicians think. And of course, we keep up with the news, so a lot of times it's just kind of natural or easy that then we're thinking about what the news has to say. We're, We're obviously thinking about what the Supreme Court has to say about this matter. And there are many other folks who will talk about it and argue about it and discuss it. But as we have said through countless lessons here from this pulpit, what we really want to know is what God says about the matter. And of course, God's not raining down revelation on us in some kind of supernatural way. We're not waiting to hear a word from the Lord necessarily on it because he's given us his word. And he has told us exactly what we need to know about some of these things. Now, we're going to come in just a few moments about uh, to a point about the discussion and what we can say about it this morning. So I'll I'll say that more about that in just a moment. But what does God say about the matter? First of all, this morning, we need to understand that God says through his word that all human life is sacred. It's sacred. All. I didn't put that on the slide, I didn't include it in your notes, but we can throw that word in there. All human life is sacred. What does that include? That includes the young. We might say in regards to this discussion, it includes the preborn. we say sometimes. It includes the young. It includes, by the way, it's interesting to add into this discussion, it includes the old. I don't know if you count yourself as old or not, but you know that there are some people 
in this world and maybe even, yes, around us who would say when you get to a certain point, you're no longer helpful to society. And if you're old enough, maybe we just need to, to get rid of you because you don't, you don't matter as much. So when we talk about human life and all human life being sacred, yes, it includes the young in this particular discussion, but the old as well. Let's go further for just a second. It includes the males. It includes the females. And as we've talked about a lot in our country and even over the last year or so, it includes those who are black. It includes those who are white. All human life is sacred to God. If you have your Bible, you can look to Genesis chapter 1. I don't think you need to be told this necessarily because we're all familiar with the passage. But Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 27, the next point in your outline there is that we, we are important to God. Our life is sacred because we are image bearers. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Maybe just a side note, but I think we'll look at this verse probably next week as well. We are created in the image of God, and that changes a lot of the discussion about some of these things when it comes to the way people think about it. You know, because people disregard unborn lives, we might say, or preborn again. They disregard sometimes older lives. They disregard people of a certain color if they have a certain feeling towards people. People have a problem with those who maybe are male or female or these distinctions that we've listed already, but we are all image bearers. I shared this with you a while back when we had a, a particular sermon on our mental health and the mental health of our people and how we can think about that. That was where it really had hit home with me more recently in some classes that I was able to take online. One of the very, I mean, it may have been the very first class I took in, in this particular section of counseling classes. And the teacher emphasized that when we think about all human life, all people being made in the image of God, being image bearers of God, then there should be no murder because we do not want to take the life of another image bearer. It affects the discussion on so many levels, but certainly when it comes to this kind of discussion because we need to realize that we are sacred. We're sacred to God. We are image bearers, and that's sort of a good baseline to begin. You know, I really struggle with this. I had articles pulled up. On my computer and my, my browser, I'm probably like some of you, you got 45 tabs open in your browser. But I had all kinds of articles open. I, I couldn't even get to all of them to try to figure out the best way to craft this particular lesson because there's so much to think about. But it really boils down to begin with that we understand that human life is sacred. The young, the old, and everybody in between. We're image bearers. So then what do we do with that? Well, secondly this morning, let's take a look at what the Bible has to say in just a few, just a few key passages here. You know, the world says that, that they use phrases like these, that it's a, a clump of cells, or that, that, that thing inside of a woman is not fully human. They use phrases like, my body, my choice, or, or you know, we don't really know when life begins. But again, as we've already mentioned, what does the Bible have to say? What does God have to say about the matter? The first thing that we would notice is from Exodus chapter 21. In Exodus chapter 21, this is, by the way, of course, right after the Ten Commandments, there in Exodus chapter 20. As the children of Israel gather around Mount Sinai, Moses has gone to the mountain, he's received the Ten Commandments, and then he begins giving, in chapter 21, the law. 
My Bible has some non-inspired, of course, headings, but it begins with the law concerning servants, the law concerning violence, responsibility for property in chapter 22, and all of these things. But in chapter 21, beginning in verse number 22, it says, If men fight and hurt a woman with child so that she gives birth prematurely, yet no harm follows, he shall surely be punished accordingly as the woman's husband imposes on him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. But if any harm follows, then you shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. And it continues through 25. Burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. We see in the Old Testament that the penalty of an unborn child dying, preborn, unborn child dying, was the same penalty as an adult. It was treated in the same way by God. And to that point, with all of this discussion that we have around abortion, do we not have the same thing in this country? You know, it's very interesting, and, and I know I, I, it gets frustrating, get, get kind of fired up about it, but, but people sort of kind of don't, don't realize they're, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. We, we talk about abortion, but then do we not have laws on the books that if a woman is killed in some particular way and is pregnant with a child, that then there may be two accounts of murder or two crimes that are committed? We do it that way. We don't do it this way. And, of course, that's a lot of the problem with the discussion. But do we not do the same thing even in this country sometimes with our laws? But we go back to the Old Testament and we see that there was a penalty. And it was going to be the same penalty if it was an adult or if it was a child. Because that's how important life is to God. You know, we go back to Genesis 1.27 and we touch on it there. But it, it's shown forth through the rest of it. We talk about how Jesus is all throughout the Old Testament. We talk about how God's love is shown in so many ways. His promises begin in Genesis, but they're shown going forward. The same thing is true about God's love for man, that general word man, mankind, male, female, child. And we see it here. His laws show us that, yes, that there is a penalty. And it is the same if there is a woman, even here, verse 22, with child. And there is a problem that comes about because of some type of violence. Secondly, let's notice from Psalm 139, and this is one of the more famous passages when you talk about, or you know that a preacher maybe is going to preach on abortion. This is one of the places that we certainly go, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just one that's familiar to us. Psalm 139 in verse number 13. For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. Even verse 14, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame, verse 15, was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Yes, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God was aware, the psalmist is saying here, that God was aware of him before he was even formed. He was aware of his individuality before he was even formed. And it's amazing to consider that. Once again, our world today would usually refer to the process of conception and then a, a child growing in the womb, and then certainly the delivery of a child, we call that a miracle a lot of times. 
And so we point out that you know what? It's not actually a miracle because God made a plan and he knew how it was going to work. And that's the way that it's worked for all time. But yes, it is very interesting. Yes, it amazes us sometimes. I even saw one website or article, and I don't remember uh, which side this particular person was on in this article, but they used the word alien. Uh, you know, and that's the way we, we kind of joke about it sometimes, that a woman feels like an alien. Someone, you know, something's inside of her. It is literally amazing. And we do refer to it as a miracle to try to show its majesty. But God had a plan in that. He has a hand in that. That's how he designed it to work. We know that God has all knowledge, right? We say that sometimes. God is all-knowing. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that something so-called hidden in a womb is unknown to him? You know, that's the way we treat things sometimes, right? Well, we can't see it. You know, our kids sometimes go into another room and they act like, you know, we don't know what they're doing because they're not being seen. And sometimes we might feel that way about a child because so-called is so-called hidden inside the mother and we can't see. But do you think anything is hidden from God? No, a unborn child is fearfully and wonderfully made. And these words here from the psalmist in Psalm 139 are one of the more famous passages in this discussion. But I think it's one of the great passages as it reminds us exactly what God had in mind and how it continues to work today. When God said, be fruitful and multiply, when he wanted his people to continue to have more people to serve him, he knew exactly what he was doing. And that extends to those babies, those children, that child who is unborn or preborn. Let's go a little bit further. Number three, in this particular discussion, you can turn to the gospel according to Luke. The gospel according to Luke, specifically chapters one and two. Because this is where we know that we read about Jesus coming into this world. Now, if my records are correct, I think that we talked about this uh, in early last year, maybe 2020. And, and I know I preached on it, I think, before 2018 was up when we had first started. But I think the last lesson, maybe a, a year or so ago, we talked about this particular passage. Because it is also one of the more interesting passages that helps make the point. And there's several aspects of it. Number one, Luke chapter 1 and verse 41. You know it because it says that it happened when Elizabeth, the mother of John the baptizer, heard the greeting of Mary, the mother of Jesus, that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now that word on the screen is brephos. That's the word for babe here in Luke 1, 41. Now, we would notice, first of all, that there is an unborn, preborn child who is giving some kind of reaction, right? Now, maybe this is supernatural in a sense. This is by God's hand in a, a sense here. But at the same time, we know that children, babies, are active in the womb. And this baby leaps in the womb. Does that sound like something that is a clump of cells or we don't quite understand yet, don't know when life comes about and that kind of thing? Or would we notice that, yes, children are active. We know. And by the way, the one thing that I decided to stay away from in this lesson was the science of it all. Really for the sake of time. Not because I, I'm not an expert, but I can read a lot what all experts say. But I stay away from that. Because you can have this discussion scientifically, right? We can talk about when the DNA is there. We can talk about when the brain and the heart is there and those, kind, are there and those kinds of things. But let's continue on because Luke 141 uses this word brephos for a babe in the womb. But go over to Luke chapter 2 
and verse number 16 and notice that they, who was that they? Well, the shepherds in this case, back from verse 15, when they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the Brephos and the babe lying in a manger. So it was a babe just a page before in the womb. And this is a different babe, of course, by the way. But this babe is lying in a manger, no longer in the womb. The same word is used to describe both particular states of a child, in the womb and out of the womb, a babe, a child. It's very interesting when we consider these things. One other would be Matthew chapter 1. Sorry, I wanted to mention this as well. Matthew chapter 1, which is the same, of course, account, if you will, or the same thing about Jesus fixing to be born into the world. Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 18, first of all. Matthew 1, 18, now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was <clears throat> excuse me, betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child. And then also in verse 20, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. With child. She was with a child, not, again, a clump of cells, not something that we can't understand, not something that, that, that has rights or doesn't have rights or all these ways that we try to have the discussion, again, particularly in our country today, she was with child. We, we cut out all of this other stuff, the arguments, the Supreme Court, the, the senators and this discussion and, and all of this maybe politis, politicization of it, and we've got a, a child, we've got a babe, and the Bible describes it that way as well. And I think it's interesting as we consider some of these things from, directly from Scripture. Now, to conclude the rest of this lesson, I'd like to make a few statements and, and share a few thoughts with you that are not exactly from Scripture, per se, but they're based on biblical thinking and, and on seeking God's will. And the reason I kind of say it that way as well is because I heard somebody say this week in my studies when I was listening, someone also said, you know, there's not exactly one passage in the new testament that prohibits abortion and says thou shalt not now that's not nothing to worry about right because we talk about other things there's no other passage that says explicitly thou shalt not do cocaine or you know list a particular drug but we know that's something that we shouldn't participate in and we know there are other ways of thinking about that that cause us to realize that's something god doesn't want us to do so that's nothing to be afraid of although it's sometimes somebody might say that well you know you know, that Bible you're looking at, nobody, nowhere in there in the New Testament does it say, you know, explicitly, thou shalt not have an abortion. Well, no, not necessarily, but all these things, and even what we're about to say, is based on biblical thinking. It's based on seeking God's will. And is that not what we're after? I, I mean, each one of us, we're, we're after being here, studying his word, and seeking his will. Well, what does his will have to say about this? We've discussed a little bit of it already, but let's go a little bit further. Number one, it can be a bit of a nuanced discussion. It can be a bit of a nuanced discussion. Now notice, and please hear me clearly, I say that sometimes, but you know, people sometimes get confused. Well, I heard the preacher say, please hear what I'm saying as clear as you can. Notice number one here, I said it can be, right? Not always, but sometimes it can be. Now, here clearly again, I'm not saying that in some situations it's okay. Because that's really what some of this argument is in our country today. Well, what about this? What about that? 
what if this happens? What if this person's in danger? You know, what if this causes prayer? All these things. But I'm not saying that in some situations it is, it is okay. What I am saying is that it, it can be and very often is a tough discussion to have. If you ever sat down and talked with anybody about it, whether they agreed with you or not, whether they had had an abortion or not, whether their child had had an abortion or not, it can be a tough discussion to have. It is very politicized. That's just the nature of it in this country. Really, that's why we're talking about it this morning. It's something we need to know, but it's also something that's been in the news. You may have an opportunity over the holidays to talk to a family member or someone, and it may come up. We need to be aware of these kinds of things. But like most things that, that are in the, the category of things that are politicized, there is often hatred, there's often anger, there's often rudeness, and many more things that come into it when we're trying to have a discussion. And by the way, I'm not even getting into what's said on social media many times. And the numbers are very small. The numbers are very small. But there are some occasions where there is a tough decision to be made. In listening to a couple of brothers, preachers, who I, I'm familiar with, one said, I know of someone that I've talked to recently who had to make a tough decision about her life and this baby's life. The doctors are saying, we may not know what will happen if you try to deliver this child. I listened to another brother who took some question and answers like we do sometimes. And the question came up about what about things like ectopic pregnancies, right? Where you can go and do research on that and what happens when that takes place. The numbers are very small, but they do happen. What do you do then? Well, is it okay to kill the mother? Is it okay to kill the baby? And by the way, in some of these cases, we're not all going to agree. Some families may make the decision that we're going to try to go through with this pregnancy. Some families may say, well, you know what? We're going to leave it up to the doctors or we're going to go, you know, I don't know. I just say that to say it can be a very nuanced discussion sometimes. And we need to be very careful as we have it. Now, we need to be informed. We need to be firm. We need to be sure of what we're talking about when it comes to what the Bible has to say. But we can't be rude we can't be hateful. We can't be argumentative to the point that we shut people out. And I'm talking about discussing this particular subject in general. I'm also talking about discussing this particular subject with people who have had abortions or are considering it or it's a part of their family. Maybe a better way to say it, and again, apologies to those of you who aren't able to be with us on Wednesday night, but maybe a better way to say it would be that I think Charles got to it at the very end of class Wednesday night, but one of the things that we've talked about in our class is how the church is like a business sometimes. And one way, one symptom or sign of that is that the, the preacher is involved in lectures, you know, and that's it. The preacher doesn't always get to have a detailed Bible study. We don't always get to talk about things face-to-face -face for longer than 30 minutes because Truly, especially in this case, 30 minutes is not enough. You may walk out those doors with more questions than you have answers sometimes. 30 minutes is not enough to discuss all of these things. So yes, it can be a nuanced discussion. And I would only encourage you that as you are talking to people, that you come from a biblical perspective, which includes, by the way, humility and love and kindness. And we try to understand all that we can, not only about what the Bible says, but about a particular person's situation. With that being said, number two, it is often caused by irresponsibility. One of the preachers that I was listening to said it this way, and it really struck me. 
that one thing we as Christians in the world, the world would do well to understand is that very often the need for an abortion, as people consider it, a need to have an abortion is caused by irresponsibility. There are some people who are forced into a difficult decision, a difficult position with a difficult choice to make. Again, a woman and a husband, two Christians maybe even, get pregnant, and then they go to the doctor and they find out it's an ectopic pregnancy, and they've got some tough choices to make. That is truly sometimes the case. There are some people who are forced into a difficult position, but there are some women who are simply irresponsible. Now, I said it that way on purpose because I also agree that there are many men who are also very culpable for what they have done because it very often it does take two people. Now, when we get into the idea of rape and those kinds of things, that's, again, part of this discussion. But there are some women, and yes, even some men, who are irresponsible in their choices. We might suffice it to say as well that we live in a sexual, sexually driven society. So, by the way, this is a result. This discussion, this idea that this is okay, that it's something that needed, it doesn't just come up out of nowhere. It comes up because people have a need for it when they are irresponsible with their bodies and their choices. There are a very small number of reasons why a person happens to find themselves pregnant by accident, right? Accidents do happen. Accidents do happen, but we should be able to admit that a lot of irresponsibility is occurring. Now, you may say, well, preacher, that's none of your business. And you know what? Some ways it's not really any of my business. However, when the irresponsibility of another person causes the loss of life of someone else, that suddenly becomes our business. If a person is texting while driving and not paying attention and hits somebody and kills them, their irresponsibility suddenly becomes a discussion, everybody's business. And when people are irresponsible with their choices and in a culture where everything is just okay, that's why we have a need for things, uh, for things like this. It is a nuanced discussion, but very often people are simply irresponsible. We need to understand the accidents that do happen. We need to understand the scientific things that do happen sometimes, and there is danger for the mother and the baby and those kinds of things. But we also need to understand this. I, the first lesson that I preached in, in 2018 was one that was for my father-in-law, and it's entitled, God is Pro-Choice. And God's not pro-choice. When we hear that, we think in matters of abortion. God is pro-choice, but he is pro-choice before the act of conception. That's when God is pro-choice. You have a choice of how you interact with a member of the opposite sex. God's not pro-choice once that child is formed and conceived. And so we need to think about these kinds of things. Then thirdly and finally here this morning, it is a reprehensible thing to do, but it is not unforgivable. It's reprehensible. And as I said earlier, I, I didn't want to come from it. We can talk about it scientifically. We can talk about it biblically. We can talk about the actual procedure. And as I said, I don't want to be inappropriate. I don't want to be irreverent or something, things that shouldn't be said. But if you're familiar with the process, we often refer to it as murder. Murder is the taking, the deliberate taking of an innocent human life. And if you know what goes on in an abortion, it's hard to argue otherwise. It's reprehensible what is done and what has been done in our country. And again, I didn't go pull the numbers because I've heard them hundreds of times how many children have been, born, have been killed in this country because of the decisions of people. It is reprehensible, but it's also forgivable. 
We think about passages like Psalm 103 and verse 12. As far as, as from the east is from the west, God talks about our sins being removed. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7, we think about the remission of sins that we receive. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. When we have this kind of discussion, it's quite possible there's someone in the audience or someone watching online or someone that listens to it later that says, I did have an abortion or my child has considered it or my child did have one or something like that. It's not unforgivable. God can forgive because what we usually do, even a couple of weeks ago as we talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 6, remember that? We talked about such were some of you and we say, well, abortion wasn't in that list so I must not be able to be changed or forgiven no it's reprehensible but it is not unforgivable if you have been involved with this in some way you can be if you've not already been forgiven for that and we need to understand that and as we talk about the nuanced discussion we need to share this as well with people because that's part of it it's something that shouldn't be happening in our country but it is something that a young lady needs to understand is forgivable especially by God, certainly by God, but should also be by us. You know, a comment was made, I was reminded of it in my study. A comment was made in 2008 by then uh, President Obama about the idea, someone, I think it was at a religious forum, if I remember correctly, and someone made the statement to him, uh, they were talk, began talking about abortion. And he made the statement, that's above my pay grade. Well, that was a bit of a cop-out on his part, of course, but I think most of us as Christians say, absolutely, buddy, it's above your pay grade. Because it's above our pay grade as well. Because it's been settled by God. Decis the decision, by the way, just make note, I, I did this in finding my research, that Supreme Court discussion about a week and a half ago, most people don't think that the, that decision won't come until like June or July when they actually finish this particular term or session. So that decision is not coming for almost six months probably. But the decision's already been made. God's word has been settled. He has stated things. He has said things on the matter. And God's word hasn't changed and it won't change. So while we will wait on our country to make certain decisions, we can be sure that God has told us how we should act, how we should love others, how we should care for others, how we should share with others about what he has to say about the unborn, the preborn, and all human life. As we said before, we don't want to be rude or mean or hateful. We want to be informed. We want to be clear. We want to be direct. We want to help others. As we conclude this lesson this morning, maybe you are here and your life is not right with God. As you think about your life and what God has to say about things, you think, first of all, about becoming a Christian. You know, this is one of those lessons sometimes. It's not an easy transition, and some people say, well, you know, nobody will respond to the invitation on a day you talk about any particular matter, but maybe something like abortion. But as we're gathered together here as a family, we pause at the end of this lesson that's been about one topic to sing a song of encouragement to encourage you about your life in general. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're not a child of God. If you would like to be baptized for the remission of your sins, we'll be singing to encourage you. If you want to know more about this, because once again, we throw the slide up there every week, and some people are going, well, I don't even get, have time to look at it, much less understand it all. Let us know. We'd love to talk about it. Maybe you're here this morning, and you are a child of God, but you've wandered away, and you've allowed sinful things to happen in your life. May not have anything to do with the topic this morning of abortion, but it's something else that's eating at you, that's bothering you, that's weighing on you because you recognize that your sin has separated you from God. We're thankful to serve a God who forgives, as we said a few moments ago.
He forgives those who have committed murder, those who have had an abortion, those who have been involved in any number of things. And if you're here this morning and you are not a child of God and need to be baptized or you are a child of God, we're thankful for this opportunity to encourage you, even now as we stand together and as we sing.